Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Glory Hunters podcast. On this week's podcast, we've got... What's up? Nathan Caton. James Brown. Andrew Ryan. Natalie Sawyer. Very good. You introduced yourselves very beautifully. James sounded a bit grumpy, but don't read anything into that. It's a huge grudge match this week, of course. Leeds United versus Manchester United. It's, I think it's the biggest fixture we've had on Glory Hunters. Here it is. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters here on TalkSport, the show that aims to find the smartest celebrity fans in football. Our guests represent the team they've always supported in a contest where the winners progress to the next round and the losers do the walk of shame. But just who will be able to look at themselves in the mirror tomorrow morning? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Today's show is team captain Nathan Caton joining us again and he's joined by journalist, author and Leeds United fan playing for Leeds United. It's James Brown. Hello, gentlemen. All right, guys. Leeds United, James. Yes. Your one true love? Well, it's football, obviously. Yeah. All right, yeah. Not in life. No? No. What, what would you rank above Leeds United in your life? Oh, come on, you can't even be asking me that. Why not? She might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> when I don't say her name, then she get annoyed. <laughs> OK, you don't want to say that. Who's your favourite all-time Leeds United player? Alan Clark. Describe Alan Clark to me. He was the man uh, Berbatov wanted to be. He was, he was one of Alex Ferguson's favourite strikers. Yeah, he was a brilliant player. You don't want to tell me more about him than that? Anybody uh, over 45 yeah. will know Alan Clark. What about people who aren't over 45? OK, David Batty then. All right. For a more modern player, David Batty. He was a good, wasn't he? Yeah, hey, lovely player. Beautiful. Yeah. You can listen to Rude Hullett, Howard Wilkinson, Bobby Robson. Yeah. Anybody who managed him. Well, Kenny Daglish. He was the sort of player that allowed the flair players to have the ball, get it and pass it. Tony Dorigo played for England, told me that when the opposition kicked off, they at least didn't care about having the ball because they knew that the moment they would come into the... Lead half bats are just gone, take it off and give it to them. Give it to Gary McAllister or Strachan or whoever. Every, every team needs a David Batty. Anybody who watched Newcastle or Blackburn or Leeds week in, week out when he was playing knows what a brilliant player he was. And just because he wasn't scoring millions of goals or doing overhead kicks or war, looking fantastic, didn't mean to say it wasn't the most important part, person of that team. 
that conversation went from big, zero to 100 real quick. It was a great answer. <laughs> it started off slow, but by the end I was like, I love this, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I said that. Nobody under 25 knows who he is. Of course they do. Of course they do. Nathan, you know who David Batty is, don't you? I'm not under 25, though. Oh, well, there we are. <laughs> but so thank you for implying that. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you're a Brentford fan, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have quite enough Brentford content <laughs> on this quiz. Oh, no, gosh. Maybe I mean, only time. every week for about 20 minutes. <laughs> but uh, how do you feel about representing Leeds today? Uh, I will forget about the league table and I will... We're, we're, we're cool, James. Safe, man. We're good. We're good. I'll, I'll, I'm Leeds today. Good. And how's Brentford's season going? It's going typically Brentford. You want to have more Brentford chat? We can have it. A little bit of okay. Brentford. Just a little bit of Brentford chat. It's um, starting off slow, but it's not about how you, how you start. It's about how you finish. Invariably, Leeds start off great and end badly. So, you know, it all fits. <laughs> fits in the end. Now, since you were on the show last, James, I believe you have changed one of your behaviours because of Natalie Sawyer, not just Natalie Sawyer, because of Brian Sawyer, who we know is now a regular, <laughs> regular, regular person on this quiz now, is Natalie's dad, Brian Sawyer. Yes. Does Brian listen to this? Uh, he does. OK, yes. well, Brian, if you are listening, I've now adopted the alert ringtone <laughs> for when my girlfriend rings me, as is the case with your wife, Natalie's mum. That's it. And that's how it works. It's, it's this... a proper uh, uh, when my mum rings my dad. Yeah. And look, James has taken that on board. Yeah. So he didn't want to say her name, but she now knows that you have She's a... got her own ringtone. Yeah. A specific, maybe sure. negative, some might say, <laughs> ringtone. She won't be listening to this. She doesn't know what I do in the day. Oh. Okay, that's good. Okay. <laughs> hence that's the, so sinister. Hence the ringtone. Our other team today is, of course, Natalie Sawyer, weekly team captain here every week. Do yeah. we still ask you to come in or do you just turn up? <laughs> just turn up. Just turn up. <laughs> I'm asking, for me. Hope there's Fingers a gap. Trials. And wonderful comedian. Um, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> Very lovely, Andrew Ryan. Natalie, how do you feel about James taking on your dad's... I, I like to think my dad's a leader. So a leader I'm amongst happy. men. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that you have followed mm. his wise path. <laughs> now, it yeah. says here you, you should delighted. explain to your dad that when it goes, the alert uh, <laughs> uh, 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 on yeah. my yeah. phone, it's not your mum calling me. No, just, absolutely. So we, That's good to just... You know, I think we'll draw the line there on yeah, that conversation. <laughs> um, Andrew, hello. Hi, Charlie. Welcome, Hello, everyone. Welcome to Glory Hunters. It's my first time here, yeah, and so far, I'm not sure if I'm going to come back. Oh, really? <laughs> not enjoyed it so Because right? I don't know why there's ringtones about someone's parents involved. I thought it was a sports show. No, it's a bit like, who's contacting whose parents? You know what I mean? Do you so, have a ringtone, Andrew? I don't. My phone broke three weeks ago, so my sister had to lend me one. So it's just a generic, normal Samsung ringtone. Other phones are available. It's all right. It's not the BBC. Oh, yeah. Okay, you can yeah. say what you like. Say some others. <laughs> say some other brand names. Do what you like. Nokia yeah. 3210. <laughs> 3310, Get it right. <laughs> How did you break your phone? Um, what happened was it was one of those classics where you know when you uh, had my two years two years was up, rang up and they were like, "Oh, you're on SIM only." I'm like, "Brilliant, phone bill cut in half." And then all of a sudden, the phone just slowly starts to slow down because you think think down that like they're in their factory somewhere going. He didn't renew. Time to punish him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I like, turned the phone off. Now, you know? You're a Man United fan. That's a bit like when Fergie left, isn't it? It is, yeah. And we is haven't that turned that phone back on since. Exactly. <laughs> Just slowly gone down and down. Yeah. And down. Well, you know what? Do you know what? This is the most amazing thing about it is, is that Man United have gone down in the last six years and we're still finishing fifth and sixth. With other teams like Leeds, you go to League oh, One. Oh. We go to fifth and sixth in the league. So, you know, let's just have a bit of perspective on <laughs> uh, what, what failure actually is. Okay. No, no, before we, before well, we carry where on, are you hang now? on a minute, James. Where are you now? Oh, We're fourth. So we off, mate. In a different division. <laughs> Can only be as good as the division <laughs> you're in. <laughs> the quiz hasn't started yet. The quiz hasn't started. Hang, hang, hang. Andrew, you're a brilliant, brilliant comedian. Let's just hear a little bit of you. 
in the day job. There's a few things that happens when you get a bit older that you know you're getting a bit old. For example, you know you're getting old when you come in from a night out at one o'clock in the morning and you take the mints out of the freezer for the following night's dinner. <laughs> oh, we've got a few mince takers out here tonight. <laughs> Are you coming to bed? No, 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 I've got spag balls tomorrow, honestly. Because that's what it's like when you get to your 30s, you know, like it's all about planning for tomorrow, you know? When you get when you're in your 20s, you're going out after work, you can turn up for work, you know, with a traffic cone on your head, kebab down the front. You're like, I was dangerous Dave out last night. When you get to your 30s, people are like, would you like to go for a drink? You're like, oh God, no, I've got a busy day next week. I need to stay in and prepare for that. Everyone was laughing there, Andrew, weren't they? It was a, it's like you're really good at your job. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done a gig hungover? Uh, oh yeah, last, uh, but yeah, every, I could say every month bar the last month. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done drink, I've done gigs drunk, like. Yeah. Yeah. In Edinburgh Festival, you know, you're going on at one o'clock yeah. in the morning. There's yeah. like two, three hundred people in front of you, and you're like going, hey, it's only, it's only, it's only five gin and tonics I've had. I mean, I'll remember all the words, and then you go out and you're like, oh no, <laughs> you know what it I mean? doesn't you're work. Does it, it does not work at all. Gone, the timing's gone. Oh, your your no. awareness is gone. Next, you're saying stuff to you like, if this was recorded, I would be, you know, and I was, if I was famous enough. That's it. I'm like, you know, like I'm in the news, you know. Natalie, ever done your day job hungover? I, any I of the any, any of the million jobs you've got? Yeah, you know, turn exactly. Up? I probably have, yes. Yeah. But actually, there was one time I remember getting in. At, I went to bed at six o'clock. My alarm went off at half six. Probably the best day's work I've ever had. I really do think. Really? It was. Yeah, the adrenaline and everything yeah. got me through. James, have you ever done a job sober? Yes. Yes, you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was one day in 1995. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the scene is set for Manchester United v Leeds to see you kick off. Let's listen to this clip of Roy Keane talking about his time as Sunderland manager trying to entice players to the club. Trying to get players up to Sunderland always difficult. Their wives didn't want to go up there because they want to go shopping. They did it. Eventually get Maddie Taylor up. He was leaving, I think, Portsmouth and he, he had an opportunity, I think, to go to Sunderland or Bolton. So I met him at the, uh, the stadium, up at the boardroom, gave him all the, the talk for about an hour or two. He said, I've got a lot to think about. It's a big decision. I said, of course, you take your time. Huge decision. I'll walk you down to the car park. As we walked down, he says, listen, Roy, huge decision. Thanks for the chat. He says, yeah, you take your time. Big decision. I understand for your family. No problem. Sunderland to Bolton is no comparison, but listen, Bolton were not a bad team at the time. I see him walking to his car, I said, listen, brilliant, thanks for coming up. He turned his back, I, mean, I got a text. <laughs> text? There's not many people text me. So I said, uh, <laughs> I write Maddie Taylor. So, right. <laughs> got, I've got my phone. I think it was a Blackberry at the time they were in, and I went, uh, <laughs> I can see him getting in his car. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I've decided to go to Bolton. <laughs> Waving him going out the car park. Roy Keane there. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put you all in the same basket, Andrew, but you have a similar accent. Oh, you have yeah. a similar... Or from the same you, place. Yeah. From exactly the same place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From Cork. Yeah. Right, he's, my, he's my hero. Is it, yeah, can you do... Can you, if you lowered your tone a little bit, you almost you could get the job. You'd get the gig. Roy, as Roy Keane impersonator. Yes. Be a bit like... Uh, how would he go now? Like, Seriously, though, I want to get to the final. I want to make it to the final. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's. Well, he's from the north side of Cork. I'm from the south side. Yeah, you, could, you could tell that just then. Yeah, well, exactly. You <laughs> he's, from the he's, from Cork. he's from the north side. You can the tell the side. difference. You see, very specific. Well, yeah, he's great. He's, he's a he's an actual treasure in Ireland. We all love him. And Cork City FC, they're pretty huge. Uh, there's in the two Irish clubs league. in Cork actually. There's Cork City. Yeah. And there's also Cove Ramblers. And Cove Ramblers are my team. Ah. So we are. 
how would you say if you were from Manchester United, you know, Man United in the nineties and Man City would be in League One, you know, we're a division below them. But um, like Leeds United, yeah, like Leeds United. Okay, yeah. yeah. But we're equally as good because you know we're top of the league. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's a different division. Right there we are. Let's get to the question, and this is to see who who goes first in the game, in the quiz today. Right. So here we go. Here's the question, uh, Andrew and Natalie. I'm going to ask you first. After rejecting an offer from Sunderland, as we just heard, how many goals did Matty Taylor end up scoring for Bolton? And we'll go nearest the pin on this, oh. Andrew. And Natalie, after rejecting an offer from Sunderland, how many goals did Matty Taylor end up scoring for Bolton? There's no multiple choice. No multiple choice. Okay, Nearest right, the pin. About this. I mean, he, he did score some crackers, didn't he, Matty Taylor? Um, He's retired now, isn't he? Yeah, I would say... But Bolton were, Bolton were going down at this stage, so I can't see him scoring that many. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know. I would say you're going to look at about no more than, I'd say, less than 50. Less, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. I'm happy with that. What do you think? 20, 20, 34. 34? I was going to go lower than that. Okay, well, what do you want? What did you want to go on, Laura? 25. Okay, let's do, let's do 25. 25 goals. 25. We'll 25, 25 goals, most of them outside the box. Um, Nathan and James, okay. nearest the pin. They've gone for 25. Okay. So it's basically so what, higher 15. or lower. Go 15. Go for it. You can okay. tell us you're working out if you want. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go 24. Oh, 24 cheap, goals. You've is. gone for 25 goals. 24 goals here from Leeds United. The answer is 23 goals. Oh, oh. Oh. Yes, oh. Leeds, my man. Do you know what? That, that means Leeds United, you have control of the board and the chance to get a Andrew, five goal. Top of the league. <laughs> <laughs> of the same as the what they say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. <laughs> <laughs> it's kicking off on, on uh, Glory Hunters here. So that means, Leeds, you have control of the board and you get okay. the chance to get a five-goal head start okay. as we play... <laughs> it's play your footballer's cards right. Here we go. <laughs> All you have to do is predict higher or lower depending upon the category I select from this set of top trumps. If you lose control of the board, the opposition can steal the goals. It's a new round for Glory Hunters. Are you excited, gentlemen? Absolutely. Yeah, man. OK, I have to work it out as we go along as well. But here is your base card. Here's your base card. It's, <laughs> it's Luis Suarez. And we're going to start with caps. Yes. Number of caps. Luis Suarez. The next card is Antoine Griezmann. Do you think he had higher or lower the number of caps than Luis Suarez? Higher yeah, or lower? Less. Lower. Yeah, I think low. he has lower. Low. Yeah. It is lower. Congratulations. Oh. Okay, we're going to go Antoine Griezmann. Goals. Did he score more higher or lower goals than Neymar? Has he scored higher, more or less goals than Neymar? Ooh. Antoine Griezmann has scored 18 goals. For, what was this for? International. International? International, yeah. yes. Oh, I think Neymar's got more than that. Okay, yeah, I'll go with that. Go higher. He's gone higher. You are right oh. to go higher. It is okay. 52 goals. <laughs> so the next one is trophies. Okay. okay. Trophies. We've got Neymar has Leo Messi got more or less trophies than Neymar. Higher or lower on the trophies? Going to go higher for higher. Messi. You're going higher on the trophies. You're correct to go higher. It's 29. Okay. 29 trophies. And we go back to caps okay. for Cristiano Ronaldo. Has he got higher or lower caps than 122 Lionel Messi, higher or lower? Okay. It's five goals. It's for five goals. Okay. Go, go, Will they go take it? I'll go, go for it. Leo Messi's got 122 caps. Messi's Cristiano, got more. Cristiano Ronaldo has more caps. No, no, has... no. Messi has more caps than Ronaldo. So you're going lower. 
It's higher. You steal, Man United. Steal what? the five yes. goals. There we are. Bad luck. What a shame. Top of the league. Top of the league. They get the five goals. The cards can be so cruel. Come on, clarify they that. We didn't even have to work and Leeds messed it up. Cristiano Ronaldo has 147 caps, wow. which is higher than Leo Messi's 122, which means Manchester United, you get a five goal head start. Now, still to come, we'll discover who the biggest team here is here today. And Ian Holloway shares more of his favourite quotes from the world of football. We didn't underestimate them. They were just a lot better than we thought. <laughs> Oh, it's just unreal. You're listening to Glory Hunters on TalkSport with me, Charlie Baker, where Nathan Caton and James Brown are representing Leeds United, while Natalie Sawyer and Andrew Ryan are on the Man United team sheet. Now, however, it's time for this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. Now, Andrew and Natalie, you've won the right to go first. Andrew, you have 30 seconds to tell us why Man United is bigger than Leeds United. It would be very easy for me to turn around and talk about trophies, size of stadium, fan base all around the world, but I think that how you can judge how big a club is against another club is to look at the transfers between those clubs in the previous years and what those players have gone on to do. So, 21 years ago today, Man United bought Eric Cantona. Today is the anniversary of him coming. He came to Man United from Leeds for 1.2 million. He won four leagues, two FA Cups. Right? We also bought Rio Ferdinand. He won six leagues and one Champions League all the way come from Leeds. We also got Alan Smith who won one league title so every time we've bought a Leeds player we've given them trophies and they've gone on to absolute wonderful legacies within the game Leeds United who have they bought from us Lee Sharp a poor man's Ben Thornley right where is he now right Danny Pugh was bought from Man United by Leeds where is he now he's assistant manager of Port Vale they haven't gone on to win any trophies Cameron Bortwick Jackson where is he now he's a left back you know where is he now he's at Tranmere cleaning boots Right? Leeds is not a big club. You don't even have your own airport. You share it with Bradford. (laughs) (laughs) You're not even in the same division of us. You can't even afford to buy our reserve players. When we buy players off you, we make them heroes. When you buy players off off us, you end their careers. Oh, what a lot of them. It's a brilliant answer. Andrew, it was fantastic. I mean, you had some pluses and some minuses. Obviously, some great jokes in there. Really, really lovely jokes. Now, I liked it until you got onto transfers, Andrew, which if you'd done your research and you'd looked at Lee Sharp, as soon as you started having a go at Lee Sharp, you didn't realise that Lee Sharp is Torquay United, my team, is their most expensive outgoing transfer of all time. So you lose goals for that, obviously. Do you know why I didn't look at it past Leeds? Because when he left Leeds, he was a broken man. Yeah, he comes from Torquay and he went to Man United for 185,000 quid at the age of 16. Yeah. After playing for Torquay United on the left wing. Yeah. We, then, de- we developed him and you got him from us and you won the league because of Torquay United. No, we so didn't. It's a shame for you. <laughs> so you get five points back. <laughs> so you lose two goals for that and then you slagged, off, then you slagged off Tranmere Rovers, who I really like lower league football. Sort of so, way. Uh, yeah, but you slagged Tranmere Rovers off, so that's two goals off there as well. But then you did do a good joke, so I'll give you one... One goal back for that. So I'm going to give you seven goals for that, Andrew. Very, very good. Thank you. Uh, James Brown, could you please tell us why? I I thought you just did my round for me. (laughs) (laughs) James Brown. Okay, first of all, could you please tell us why Leeds United are bigger than Manchester United? Just just to answer your point, sir, you're an Irishman. You never heard of John Giles. 
I do know John Giles, yeah. Yeah, came from Manchester United to Leeds United. Never heard of Gordon Strachan. I do know Gordon Strachan. Yeah, never I'm heard... only talking the Premier League, by the way. That was only Premier League players. I wasn't talking about the old First Division. Another goal off because football in, uh, did uh, exist. exist before okay. the Premier League. That's <laughs> down to six. Okay, Carry first up, James. Leeds haven't been in the Premier League for 15 to 20 years, okay? And we're still talking about them on the same level as Manchester United, in the same bracket, in the same discussion, okay? Leeds is a party city. The name features two E's in LSD. Manchester United, <laughs> Manchester United boasts it is United, but it's not. Real fans hate the tourist fans. They hate the owners, they hate the board. The biggest noise recording ever between Leeds United and Manchester United took place on the 26th of September 1999. Registered 11.5 on the AGC noise pollution scale at Ellen Road, not Old Trafford. Leeds song, March On Together, was written by a man who wrote songs for Elvis and Tom Jones. Leeds merchandising was also created by a man who worked with Elvis. The last Englishman to win the top division in football, in English football, was Howard Wilkinson. Man United promotes itself as a tourist destination. Leeds is a football club. Leeds have never described ourselves as Disneyland for adults, as Woodward did to Klopp a few years ago. And most importantly, Leeds have appeared in Rising Damp, Porridge and Benny Hill. Very, very good. I enjoyed it. A few, obviously, once again, a few pluses and minuses there. James, um, I'm sorry, I, I haven't finished yet. Oh, no, the, the, Leeds, the, Leeds are twinned with Torquay. <laughs> not true. A lovely it's part not... of the uh, of the footballing world. It isn't true, unfortunately. But um, so uh, the age. I always like any argument that involves the AGC noise pollution scale. Yeah. I always like that. If, if it, I feel like you've done your research completely, if it's got that in there, so that you get, you get some goals for that. You said you're, you're on you're on this program and you're very famously a Leeds United fan and you said you haven't been in the Premier League for 15 to 20 years. That's a five-year difference, yeah, James. Well, you should smack, know that. Smack bang in the middle. You should know that exactly. A goal off for that. Rising damp goal, um, porridge goal. Then you bought in Benny Hill. Two goals off. It's a bit of a it's shame. A great, um, it's a great sketch. The other thing is... Google it afterwards. It's be. brilliant. Um, it's so so vicar in a lead scarf. Really, you surprised me. A vicar in a <laughs> Benny Hill sketch. Um, unfortunately as well, I don't like Elvis either. So, uh, which is a bit of a shame. So, I'm going to give you, as well, seven goals there. Well done, James Brown. Now, Ian Holloway is regarded as the football whisperer. A man whose soothing words of wisdom and logic can calm and ease the unruliest of football fans. So who better to share some of his favourite quotes from the world of sport? All you have to do is tell us who said it originally. Originally. Losing side coast first, which is currently Leeds United. Here we go. Here's the first quote from Ian Holloway. We didn't underestimate them. They were just a lot better than we thought. <laughs> Nathan, James, who do you think said that first? Was it A? Jose Mourinho, B, Bobby Robson, C, Sam Allardyce. Ooh, okay, it's not Jose. His ego wouldn't let him do that. Um, sounds like every bread from manager in the cup. <laughs> <laughs> James, any ideas? I think that sounds like Sam Allardyce. Yeah, he's got he's got good good bands in it. It's got it's got Allardyce. Nathan, Allardyce. the answer is Bobby Robson. Oh. It's bad news. We cross over now for Ian's second quote. Bayern will have the added advantage of playing in their own stadium. That's like a home game for them. <laughs> Who said this? Was it A, Danny Murphy, B, Gary Neville, or C, Paul Elliott? Danny Murphy, Gary Neville, Paul Elliott. Early thoughts? It's 
quite easy to just slip up like that. Danny Murphy, it? Gary Neville or Paul Elliott? We're going to go. Slayer. We're going to go with Talk Sports, Danny Murphy. Going with Talk Sports, Danny Murphy. It's Paul Elliott. Oh. It's Chelsea, in it? Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, in it? Could have stolen that if if it if you told me. It, if it told <laughs> Nathan. There we go. Here we go. Quote three from Sir Ian Holloway. I never comment on referees, and I'm not going to break the habit of a lifetime for that prat. Sir Alex Ferguson, Brendan Rodgers, or Ron Atkinson? Not Brendan Rodgers. Because he's too nice. He wouldn't say, okay. say Pratt. Okay, okay. Sir okay. Alex would say, well, he would be angry, but I don't think he'd say Pratt. I don't think he would speak like that. Yeah. And I don't know what Van Ex- Well, I know what he would say, but that's all a different subject. Uh, <laughs> 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 so I would go Van Axon by default. Big Ron. You're going to go for Big Ron? Yeah, yeah, okay. The answer is Big Ron. Oh, yes. Uh, as you say, one of the quotes we can actually use. Okay. Uh, fourth quote. Here we go from. Ian Holloway. They're the second best team in the world and there's no higher praise than that. Second best team in the world, there's no higher praise than that. Was it Graham Sooness, Michael Owen or Kevin Keegan? Sooness. Could be any one oh, of them. Keegan. Could be any one of them. You're right. It could could be anyone. Could be any of those. I, it's a toss of a coin, I think. I think, yeah, but for some reason I feel like there's a few red herrings that keep getting thrown in. Like Paul Elliott, we just dismissed it. Graham Sooness, Michael Owen, they're still, they're pundits. There's yeah. Kevin Keegan, we... I just feel like it could be him because he's just we don't hear from him much anymore. That's why he's in there. Um, that's, that's okay, what do you think, Andrew? <laughs> science. That is, sure you that's they're the why, second best team in the world. It's obviously, the it's obviously around the World Cup, I think, or something to do with international football. Uh, in my opinion, I wouldn't. I haven't seen. I would say I would go. I would go Graham Sooners. But if but if Natalie wants to go. You're the captain, Natalie. Captain, you're the captain. Oh, I don't so want to decide. go against my team member, do well, I? No, do you know what? I'm going with the captain. I'm going. You're going to go. You're going to answer Kevin Keegan, yeah. and the answer is Kevin yeah. Keegan. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. Very thank God, team thank captain, God you see, super experienced in many ways, like a Graham Sooness. Oh, thank you, so kind. <laughs> that, <laughs> lovely. I, do you know what? It's, it's great to have someone steering the ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the uh, score at the end of this mighty, mighty contest this week of Leeds versus Manchester United is Leeds 8, Manchester United 12. There we are. Now, next up, something not for the faint-hearted, as we slaughter another sacred cow in the round known as Sporting Heretics. You have been warned. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Remember to subscribe because you wouldn't want to miss out on this magic, would you? Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's Glory Hunters on TalkSport with me, Charlie Baker. Today's high-octane fixture is Leeds versus Man United, where the score is currently Man United 12, Leeds 8. And on the Man United team sheet are Natalie Sawyer and comedian Andrew Ryan, while comedian Nathan Caton and writer James Brown are representing Leeds United. At this point, I want each of you to abandon your principles and go all out for glory in the round that we call Sporting Heretics. In this round, I'm going to invite each of our panel to deliver a piece of pure sporting blasphemy, the kind of thing you wouldn't express in polite company. However, we're in a safe space and you have the freedom to express your thoughts, however disagreeable they may be. In fact, the more horrified, shocked and disgusted I am, the more you will score. Okay, we're going to go to the losing team first, which is currently Leeds United. Nathan Caton. World Cups and Euros should be scrapped. Indeed, they should. I think international football is a massive waste of time. We have international breaks. It's like watching a really good TV show, the Premier League, and then like a boring advert comes along and lasted 10 days to two weeks. I don't care. Let's get on with the Premier League. The whole club v country route. No one cares about country. Everyone cares about the club. That's where the money is. And we have these international breaks for qualifiers to watch what? Slovenia against Kazakhstan. Mate, come on, man. I'd rather just watch Emmerdale or something like that, man. Um, and then uh, we have, we have the, the, the World Cups. And think about it. If we didn't have World Cups or Euros, FIFA would be redundant. Thank you. Hashtag corruption. Um, we, we just don't need it. Stick to the, the, the clubs, to, to, to domestics, okay? I don't want a player who plays with Brentford to come back from international break injured because they've been playing, you know, against, I don't know, Azerbaijan or Nani or something like that. Um, scrap, <laughs> scrap international football, okay, to stick to club football. That's where the money is. Nathan, it was very, very good. What I liked particularly was you imagining that Brentford had an international player. Mate, come oh, on. That's come on. <laughs> okay, listen, let me school you on this, right? <laughs> How many international players have you had? Stuart got, Dallas. You mean got? Got. How many have you got? Stuart at the Dallas was an international. He was. He's oh, still, right. okay. He's still yeah. lovely. Okay, so we've got Camille Hill and Makojo. Oh, yeah. Um, we've got Henrik Dalsgaard. Yeah, who's Thomas he played Janssen. for? Denmark. Denmark. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well. yeah, Janssen. Yes. Thomas Janssen. Exactly. We've got uh, England under 21 and 20s and 19s as well. Well, right. very good. Yeah. I, I now love. I don't think under Chesney? 19s and under 20s counts. Yes, he did. Yeah, Chesney played for us. The one and only. Um, who else have you Chesney. <laughs> it, was a, it was a Chesney Hawks joke <laughs> for the kids out there. Chesney Hawks, Arshinan. We've got a lot of international players as Nancy well, testified. I, yes. I apologise, Nathan. Thank you. And what else did I like about your argument? That, uh, I like the image of you watching Emmerdale. I didn't know you were such a big Emmerdale fan. Somebody, it's, it's very tranquil, the countryside. Yeah, I it like is. It. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's just, you, you spoke to my heart then. So I'm going to, I didn't like, I love, I absolutely love World Cups and Euros. As a lower league fan, it's when we get to watch the, the 
bigger players, the, the more famous players, and be able to claim them as our own, which is exciting for me. So the fact that you're saying to take it away does disgust me, and I'm going to give you eight goals, Nathan Caton. Yes, we go over that. to Andrew Ryan. All football matches should be played behind closed doors. Yeah, I, uh, I was very lucky to have a season ticket at Man United for five years, and I used to love going and miss four home games in five seasons. And but the biggest negative was there was other people in the stadium, um, <laughs> because it took so long to get in, to get out, and not only that, listening to the abuse and the also the the complete lack of tactical knowledge that people around me had. I think football should be played behind closed doors. Who's I think sitting on the bench. Huh? <laughs> I think they should be played behind closed doors and stadiums should be got rid of and there should be just a list of you know 20 parks <laughs> right and all the games are on at the same time not only that there should be no cameras filming the actual footage of the game there should be a fax sent out and the results posted at 9pm every night on BBC website with the names of the goal scorers the times the goals went in and that was it. Even the, like there was, there's no coverage of it's the North Korea of football is what I want in this country. I want nothing to look. I want that anticipation of waiting for a result to come true back in the 60s and 70s, rather than watching a game on TV, hearing everyone have an opinion. I was like, bring it back to the nice, simple days where nobody's there. You're not allowed in to watch it. It's a private thing, and you get you get a fax at nine o'clock with the answers. Great answer, Andrew. Are you saying bring back teletext? Teletext, 9 o'clock, great <laughs> result, Brentford versus Scunthorpe, 2-0, Scunthorpe, brilliant, who scored for Brentford? Nathan Caton scored two goals, you're like, fabulous, I can get on with me there. Then you'd find that the page would skip and you'd be like, no! <laughs> all, all the way back round. Yeah. One of 13, two of 13, three of 13. And buy a holiday on the way round. So very, very good. And, uh, and pick up a pen pal as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew, I, I, unfortunately, I, I liked a lot of your arguments. When you described playing with not many people there, no real stadiums, not really having any coverage at all in the national media. Unfortunately, what you were describing was what it's like supporting Talking United. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I absolutely love. So um, I'm going to give you only three goals, I'm afraid, because I just agreed with all your points which is not the point of the round. <laughs> Natalie Sawyer, fans who leave early have got the right idea. Absolutely. Why do they have to stay until the final whistle? Now, you don't stay at the cinema to watch the final credit roll. If you're having a, a good, apart from you, Nathan, obviously, put your hand up there. If you're in a restaurant, you don't stay until it closes just to show that you're loyal to that restaurant. But for some reason, football fans are mocked if they want to leave early. But they've got the right idea. They're getting out early enough so that they're not stuck in the queues, as you've just mentioned, Andrew, and leaving Old Trafford, for example. Uh, they're beating the rush as well so they can get on public transport or leave the car parks early enough. Uh, the very fact that they're leaving as well, if you're seeing them leave, you think, oh, wow, they were getting close to the final whistle. It adds to the sense of anticipation, doesn't it? And what do they miss? Goals? Well, not really, because actually, statistically, most goals are scored in around the 45th minute or the first half stoppage time, not really at the end of a game. So they're not really missing much, are they? So I think, hurrah for people that leave early. They've got the right idea. Oh, Natalie, sorry, I'm absolutely furious. People who leave <laughs> early are my absolute worst. Oh. I think they are the second worst people in the whole of sport after the people who shout, get in the hole at the <laughs> golf. They are the worst people in sport. People who leave early from football matches, I, 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 I'm gonna miss the traffic. You're missing the game. I don't, I don't understand it, I'm absolutely furious. You made some very good points. Um, I didn't know that most goals were scored in the 45th minute. Thank you. Very, very nice bit of research there. I'm gonna give you nine goals, Natalie oh, Sawyer, because I you. absolutely hated your point. James Brown leads United. 
fitness and youth spoil sport? Well, this is very close to my heart and I would imagine yours. Uh, <laughs> sport is obsessed with young people and new people and fit people, the latest thing. Uh, we spend all our time, the sports media particularly, spends all its time admiring the newest, the youngest sports superstars and quite simply, it's elitist. It's unfair, it's totally lacking in diversity, it's prejudiced against oldies, fatties like myself, the infirm, the dead, people who <laughs> lack key sporting skills. Um, now obviously this may be seen as a late application to play for Leeds, but I also think sport is just because we're always looking to find these super fit, young, dynamic, brilliantly inventive uh, sports people. It becomes too predictable. It takes random possibility out of a game. Imagine what a game would be like if you just had a hundred players in each squad of all walks of life, all physical states, all mental states, yeah. all ages. The results would be brilliant. You'd have no idea what is going on at all. <laughs> Imagine if Manchester United team, you know, started next Sunday with four Sunday leaguers, two veterans of the Korean War, two eight-year-olds <laughs> and someone in a coffin, you know, <laughs> versus just a team of children. Oh no, sorry, in a different division to Bolton. Uh, <laughs> that's it. It's, it's predictable. The trouble is, James, I, I love your answer and I agree, absolutely agree with everything you said. I think it'd be absolutely brilliant if, like, in the 79th minute this week, you have to bring on an eight-year-old. Oh, a dolphin. <laughs> or a, a dolphin? Yeah, I mean, why... I mean, I'm not sure how that's going to work Why out. restrict it just to the human kingdom? OK, but maybe not, maybe not amphibious creatures, because I'm not quite sure how that... Unless they're going to go to the... the in a this, tank. In a tank or... On wheels. Oh, lovely idea. Um, so I agreed with I mean, who doesn't want to see the 20 stone pole vault? We'd all enjoy that, enjoy that in the Olympics. Just, just every four years, one... But, the, but you see, the Olympics is inclusive because you need to be different physically for all the different so disciplines. it's just football a that needs... A pole vaulter is different to uh, what you just said. What about a club legend has to come on, like, from, from the... 50s or 60s Anything. to come. The club's all-time top scorer. From the 20s or 30s <laughs> would be even better. The club's all-time top scorer has to come on in the 80th minute. But the fans, no matter how old they are. Charlie, the fans do this. We're always celebrating fans who've been watching since they were 12 and now they're 100 years old. The fans represent all ages, incomes, background, physicalities. So you, you get more of an atmosphere yeah. in the stadium rather than on the pitch. Unfortunately, I 100% agree with you, James. Is which that good is, which or is, bad? Which is, which is not good for the round. <laughs> As we've, got, we've had the discussion, we've gone off and talked about this even more, and we've both enjoyed the conversation, which I'm isn't the point of the round. Sporting so heresy, I, not what Charlie disagrees with. I know, with. but I've, I think I can only give you one goal, oh. so I do apologise for that. <sighs> so at the end of that round, the scores are Leeds 17, Man United 24. Still to come, we travel back in time to a momentous moment in each club's history that's next on Glory Hunters on TalkSport. You're listening to Glory Hunters here on TalkSport with me, Charlie Baker, where today's game sees Leeds United taking on Manchester United. Don't worry, it's an early kickoff, so we don't expect much trouble. OK, time now for Back in the Day, where we travel back to a landmark year in both clubs' history. Now... Nathan and James, we're going to go back to 1992 and this. And the party will go on and on here tonight. Leeds finishing on a winning note thanks to Rodney Wallace and completing their superb season 
unbeaten here at Allen Road in the first division. Anyone who's ever played the game at any level will know uh, what winning is all about. But when you win at this level, it's intoxicating. And that was Leeds being crowned first division champions there. And so long ago, <laughs> that, that was the best audio that we could find. I think it was on a wax cylinder. Anyway, Leeds were crowned first division champions under Howard Wilkinson before the launch of the Premier League the following season. But what else, Nathan and James, do you remember of that year? OK, question one. Sweden hosted the European Championships that year, which saw Denmark win the tournament. We all remember that. England, however, finished bottom of their group after only managing to score one goal. The question is, who scored the goal? Was it the boy Lineacre, Gary Lineker, Ian Wright or David Platt? Lineker, Wright or Platt, who scored one goal in England's group in the 92 European Championships? Do you remember the tournament? I'm, I'm... I remember the tournament, yeah, because it's famous because uh, Denmark, yeah, they... Denmark were on the beach. Yeah, yeah. They got called back. I will go with whatever you say then. I, I think Platty. Okay. David Platt. You're answering David Platt. And let's find out. Let's hear the, hear the clip. Webb. Not really allowed the extra touch initially by Limpar, but he retrieved the ball. And uh, Batty had got forward. It's a neat header for Lineker. As David Platt. He's miskicked it, but he's got in. A great start for England. They have scored. David Batty getting yeah, exactly. a shout out there as well. well I, didn't, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> David Batty. Is that an extra point? David for... Platty there. <laughs> David Platt scoring the goal. Question two. 1992 also saw Eric Cantona sign for Leeds United, a different breed of footballer than the one manager Howard Wilkinson had previously been used to. He reads poetry, he reads philosophy, he paints, he likes fishing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's different. Uh, I, I, hope, I hope he's different out there. That's where I hope he's different. What he's like off it, so long as he behaves himself, I don't care. However, Eric's not the only footballer to have a love of literature. Which of the following are actual books written by footballers? A. Charlie Baker and the Secret of the Deep Dark Woods. B. Frankie's Magic Torch. C. Human Race Get Off Your Knees. The Lion Sleeps No More. Is that third, is that third on one? Way. Is that third one? The third one is one title. One, one yeah, yeah, yeah. Human race, get off your knees. The lion sleeps no more. <laughs> okay, so the Frankie's first... Magic Torch, Charlie Baker and the Secret of the Deep Dark Woods. Okay. I think that first one is real. What, Charlie's? Yes. For real? Well, he said, uh, Actually yeah. Actually written by footballers. Yeah. yeah, I think that's real. It's a pretty common name. No disrespect, Charlie. I know I need a, I know one other Charlie Baker, you know. I'm a James Brown. <laughs> Not even the most famous James Brown. <laughs> I'm all right with that. It's hard to compete with somebody who was famous before I was born, Charlie, to be fair. You know? What's the first, two, the first two Charlie Baker what? Charlie Baker and the Secret of the Deep Dark Woods. Frankie's Magic Torch. Human Race, Get Off Your Knees. The Lion Sleeps No More. But it's a song. Someone could reference the song put it in as a title, but it's... No, I think it's the first one. Okay, okay. I'll, 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 I'll back you up. Ah, congratulations. No, not congratulations. The answer is Human Race, Get <laughs> Off Your Knees. The Lion Sleeps No More. That was written by former Coventry City and Hereford United goalkeeper David Icke. Ah. <laughs> there we are. So, question three. 
Which of these did not make their debut in 1992? A. The text message. B. Gary Neville. C. The PlayStation. I'm going to say PlayStation. Do you know about that stuff? Vaguely. I'm... Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, no, no. Come on, 992, did it? Not in the UK, anyway. The Nine. text message. Gary Neville, the PlayStation. Okay. Gary Neville, Class 92. All right. The text okay. message. Text messages were around for a long time. Are they called the Class 92 because that's the year they broke into the first two? Because I remember when... Um... They should talk about it more, shouldn't they? <laughs> Class no, but, of 92, they should No, but when, when Terry Venables put Gary Neville into the Euro 96 squad yeah. to kind of take Rob Jones's place, Rob Jones was injured, it was like a big call. It was like he was... Gary Neville was really young then and it was like he, he was playing for Man United but I don't think he'd been playing for them for four years. No, but you can still make a debut, but it's not be like a regular feature. In it. Okay, I'm going to have to so, push you for an answer. Okay. Text message, Gary Neville, the PlayStation. Nathan Caton, you're the skipper. Okay, I think PlayStation. Uh, okay, I'll just, I think it was Neville, but go on. I don't think Neville made his debut that year. PlayStation. Cool. You've gone for the PlayStation. The answer is the PlayStation. Oh, it was oh, brilliant. 1994. <laughs> and in that round, you scored two goals, which takes you to 19. Natalie and Andrew, we're going back to 2016. Oh. 2016. And <laughs> this. Again. Are you serious, mate? Again. It's just like last time I was on the show. Nat Natalie's round was like yeah. 2019 and mine yeah. was like 1842. <laughs> Takes it so seriously. Okay, here we go. Back to 2016 and this. Valencia coming into the area, looking for Martial. Comes back oh! towards Jesse Lingard and he scores and the 10 men are in front. Jesse Lingard, who hasn't scored since the fifth round at Shrewsbury, has put Manchester United in front in the FA Cup final with 10 minutes to go in Extra time. Jesse Lingard's goal sealing victory for Man United in their 2-1 victory against Crystal Palace in the 2016 FA Cup final. But what else can you recall of that landmark year? Question one. <laughs> Last week. The FA Cup is never short on spectacle, but can you tell me which of the following acts performed on the pitch ahead of the final? Was it A, the Grimethorpe Colliery Band? <laughs> The Grimethorpe Corrie Band there with Abide With Me, which for extra extra two goals, can anyone tell me which bit of the English Riviera Abide With Me? Torquay. Not Torquay. Um, it was in the, it's in Shakespeare country, isn't it? Warwickshire. No, it's in Brixham. There we are. Okay, and so or was it <laughs> B, the Lewisham and Greenwich NHS Choir? Something Was it C, the bluegrass combo, Iron Horse? I think it's going to be a long, long time. Touchdown brings me round again to find. I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. So, which of those acts performed on the pitch ahead of the final? The Grimethorpe Colliery Band, the Lewisham and Greenwich NHS Choir, or the bluegrass combo, Iron Horse? I think well, I straight think away the last one is a no-no, especially for an FA Cup final. <laughs> it doesn't seem like <laughs> not, a very... Not if, uh, if Watford were playing. 
Rocket Man, Elton John. Oh, I understand that, but it was Crystal oh. Palace. It was Crystal Palace, yeah. So I don't think they would be playing. No, uh, I, think I, don't, right. I, don't, I don't. I think the link there wouldn't be wouldn't no. be right. Bit of I think I think that no. "Abide with Me" is the iconic song. Yeah, the "Abide by Me" is a traditional because yeah. you've Prince, the royal family turn up, this army turn up, don't they? They yeah. do they do flags and they take away all the stuff. There's fireworks. Yeah, "Abide by Me" and the national anthem. Yeah. I think, I think are the songs that are final. I, we're going to go with the first one then. Grime the Thought. Grime Thought Colliery Band, Abide With Me. The answer is the Lewisham and Greenwich NHS Choir wow. with something inside so oh, strong. Well, what? The Labby Siffery hit. Two doesn't love a bit of Labby Siffery on a Sunday morning. You're listening to Love Songs on TalkSport. <laughs> 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 I actually well, would actually, have preferred 1992. <laughs> I don't think it would get... Do you know what I mean? Did you go uh, that game? The 1992 game? No, no, the one... That we, no, it didn't go 2016, no. I prefer to watch my football behind closed doors. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question two. 2016 was also the year of this. Icelandic players and fans celebrating there with the Viking thunderclap following their victory against England in the European Championships. A celebration which didn't actually originate in Iceland. The question is, who first performed it? Was it A, the Lewisham and Greenwich NHS (laughs) Choir? (laughs) B, the fans of Motherwell FC? Or C, the barbarian hordes during the sacking of Rome in the 5th century (laughs) AD? Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. I don't think the Lewisham NHS yeah. are going that successful in terms of creating stuff. And like, because if, if anything, they've created chance. Yeah. They've played at Wembley. I'm not being funny, but they should you be working. They work for the NHS. <laughs> they should be working. But you doubted them in the last round. I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty this confident that they're nowhere near here. This one. So we'll we'll run them out. Motherwell is something I could actually buy into. Is the, the Motherwell thing? Because you know what? Like it's. Somebody in Iceland could have seen a little video of a second first division Scotland game with Motherwell in it. Next yeah. thing you know, they're doing it at their home games because that's what football teams copy no, songs Icelandic and tunes. Could have though played could as have well. Could played for Motherwell, for Motherwell. Yeah. exactly. And okay. there you go. But then going, someone's mum could have been to Iceland. Some mums could have been to Iceland. Absolutely, yeah. mums go to Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> but then the barbarian hordes. The barbarian hordes. What year is the barbarian hordes? What? What? what, what uh, sack, I'm still that? laughing at my own joke about Iceland. The sacking of Rome in the fifth century AD. Give me an answer. The Lewisham and Greenwich NHS choir, the fans of Motherwell FC, the barbarian hordes during the Sagan of Rome in the 5th century AD. I think we want to give credit to the fans of Motherwell. You're going to go with the fans of Motherwell and the answer is the fans of Motherwell. During a 2014 Europa League qualifying match against Motherwell, fans of Icelandic team Starnan saw the home side perform it and brought the chant back home. Question three. While players and fans celebrated at the final whistle with the Viking thunderclap, the Icelandic commentator kept his cool and remained as professional as ever. Gudmundur Benedictson there with some level-headed comments at full time. But what did he actually oh, say? Gosh. Did he say, A, Theresa May, Ed Sheeran, Danny Dyer, your boys took one hell of a beating. <laughs> B, you can go out of Europe, England. You can go wherever you want. This fairy tale continues. C, 
Quick, everyone, stand back. I've dropped my phone. Can anyone see my phone? Someone ring it. Otherwise, I'll never be able to find it. <laughs> Which of those do you think that Goodmunder Benedictson was saying? Clear and obvious to me. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it's yeah. clear and I, obvious. I just don't feel that, that Danny Dyer is that popular in Iceland yeah. for mm. him to be yeah. mentioned. Okay. Um, as much as he's a national treasure here. <laughs> I do know there was something in the news about the comment, the Icelandic commentator mentioning it's, this is not the first time England has left Europe or something like that. So I think it was a reference to um, um, them leaving the European Union as well as the European Championship. So in my opinion, I think the answer is B. I agree, we're going to go B. The Irish backstop yep. says B. Yeah. You are saying, OK, <laughs> we're going to go with B. And the answer is B. You can go out of Europe, England. You can go wherever you want. This fairy tale continues. OK, that was 2016, the year of Man United's victory against Crystal Palace in the FA Cup final. The last time the two met in the final was 1990, when Alex Ferguson's future at the club was in doubt. Man United beat Palace and his job was saved. Louis van Gaal's future at the club was in doubt. Man United beat Palace and he was sacked. Not going to make that mistake again. At the end of that round, the scores are Leeds United 19, Manchester United 26. Still to come, I ask the teams to match my predictions of the day's games and you, the public, get to probe our panel in a question of sport time. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Here on Glory Hunters, we like to probe in areas other shows shy away from, and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to face the scrutiny of the general public, and I've absolutely no idea what they'll ask as we play A Question of Sport Time. Could we have our first question, please? I'd like to ask the panel, what is the biggest life lesson sport has taught you? What is the biggest life lesson sport has taught you? Nathan Caton. Uh, the biggest lesson I've learned is that 60 seconds is a very long time. Right. Prime example, <laughs> May 2013, Brentford v Doncaster, uh, last game of the season. Put into context, Doncaster are second uh, and we're one point behind. So they're playing for a draw. It's nil-nil in the 90, 90, 90 minute, whatever. Yeah. We get awarded a penalty. Everything cool, we score this, we're promoted. Right? First time in my life I've seen Brentford in the championship. Missed the penalty, right? Just taken by the wrong player, first of all. Yeah. The penalty hits the crossbar, bounces to the Doncaster player, hoofs it up, goes to another Doncaster player. Bear in mind, all our players are in our own uh, in, in Doncaster half, you know, like confused at what's going on. They've got a two and one attack and they score. So I've gone from, oh my gosh, we're going to get promoted to, it's over. And apart from the end of cool runnings, that's the only time I've cried in sport. Very good. Yeah. You mentioned of cool runnings and what is taught is taught you that what you're that's sixty seconds. In life, you are one minute away from disaster at all times. Sixty seconds like is a long much. time, man. I'm giving you eight goals, Nathan Caton. Thank you. Andrew Ryan, what is the biggest life lesson sport has taught you? Biggest life lesson sport has taught me that being mediocre is very successful. <laughs> because there are so many footballers out there in the championship, the division that Leeds are in. League One as well, that are full-time footballers that earn loads of money, drive nice cars, have nice houses, and they walk past me in the street every day and I don't know who they are, but they're incredibly successful. And we don't see that. We only judge the top six or seven teams, the Ronaldos, the Messis and all that. But there are so many people out there that are successful that are just not in the news every single day. For example, in golf, there's a golfer by the name of Robert Rock. He's on the European tour. Has anyone here heard of him? 
Wow. Guy's a, the guy's a multi-millionaire. Mm. Why? He makes his cuts. He goes about his business. He's not on Instagram or Twitter. He's not on the TV all the time. Has a great life. And I think the biggest life lesson that has told me is that you don't have to be getting headlines in sport to actually love what you do. You can be comfortable in a different division, having a great life. And that's the best uh, life lesson sport has taught me. It's not about the fame. It's about actually just enjoying what you do. This is a great life lesson. It's a great life lesson. Liked it very much. I'm going to give you 10 goals, Andrew Ryan. Oh, thank you. It's very, very good. James Brown. Okay. What has sport taught you about life? Okay, the most obvious one in, in, uh, that I've taken, from, particularly from being a Leeds fan, is it's never over until it's over. For the last two years, I have assumed at some point we were going to go up. <laughs> now, two years ago, I didn't allow myself to even consider that until the beginning of April. And then I thought there was a slight chance that we might be going up. Last year, it came down to the last four games of the season. And I figured we're going up. And the reality is, as you know, as Andrew keeps stressing, <laughs> we haven't gone, up. haven't gone up. And in fact, I've come to believe that if we ever go up, if we ever actually end the season promoted to the Premier League, we'll probably get sent back down like the last snake on snakes and ladders for like the players having the wrong towels on holiday or something like that. <laughs> It's not over until it's over. Over till it's over. It's a great life lesson. It was a really good answer, uh, James. I really liked it. Um, it's not over till it's over. I liked it very much, and I thought you made some very good salient points. I'm going to give you seven goals. Natalie Sawyer. I think it's all about how to lose gracefully and with dignity, and hopefully today we'll see that from one of us. Um, you know, I'm a Brentford fan, of course. We have lost many times, Nathan, as oh, we yeah. know. Uh, we probably have one of the worst records when it comes to the playoffs, for example, but I'm no longer one of those people that stomps around, gets frustrated. My family don't have to tread on eggshells anymore because they know now I've wised up to it. I know more often than not that Brentford will disappoint, apart from this, the last few seasons in the Championship. We're not doing too badly, but I've learned that I can't let it affect me and I have to now lose with dignity and with grace. There we are. So you don't mind losing with dignity. So you don't mind when I give you three goals for that answer. <laughs> there we are. Very good. Can we have our next question, please? Yeah, I'd like to ask the panel, which team would they least like to support and why? Which team would you least like to support and why, Andrew Ryan? OK, I, for the week that's in it, because the Rugby World Cup starts um, this weekend, which I'm looking forward to. The team I would least like to support is the Italian rugby team. Ooh. And the reason for this is the Italian rugby team, uh, we all know from the Six Nations, which is classed as a tier one competition, but Italy really are a tier two country when it comes to the game. They've played 98 Six Nations matches. They've lost 85. Now, to me, that sounds pretty bad. They've never in their history ever beaten England. But what, what they are is they are above the worst. So they're better than Spain, Nambia and Russia. But they're below the best. It's a bit like being in the championship. <laughs> you're above League One and League Two, but you're so below the best in the Premiership, right? And I think being an Italian rugby fan, when you look at the World Cup rankings this time around, Georgia, the USA are ahead of them. They're going to go to the World Cup. They're going to win their two games and then they're going to lose their other two games and that's it to come home. You know exactly what's going to happen with them. And the gap is too big. So I think if you're a, a, an Italian rugby fan and you sit down to watch the Six Nations, you go, who are we playing today? We are playing Italy. How do you want it to go on? I hope we don't lose by 30 points. <laughs> to have that negative impact. So I'd rather be the worst of the worst. And you can have the crack with that. The best of the best. But in that middle, there's just no joy. And it's sort of the gaps are too big either end. And I can't see it being changed. So the Italian rugby team for me, 
are, is the worst team to follow. Worst team to follow. I, I enjoyed your answer very much. And then you did the accent, Andrew. And um, it, it fell apart there, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> was, that, was that inappropriate? <laughs> no, not inappropriate. I just didn't think it was very good. So, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> plus also, who do I think I could play for and get away with it? as nearly as one of the players. And I always look at the Italian team. I reckon I could put a shirt on and nearly get away with being a prop forward or something yeah. for them. So I've got a little soft spot for them. So I'm only going to give you four, three goals. I'm going to give you three goals because of the accent. I'm going to take one off. No problem. Uh, Nathan Caton, which team would you least like to support and why? OK, I'm going to go with the England cricket team. All right, come from a West Indian background, so I was brought up to support the West Indies cricket team. And I can't support England for my own health, because um, <clears throat> if I support England, I wouldn't be here today. So, yeah, for my own uh, safety, uh, I'm going to please my grandma and say the England cricket team, because uh, I like breathing. <laughs> it's quite a good reason not to support someone, because you like breathing. Yeah. But I'm afraid after the summer they've just given me... Oh, and come it's my on. quiz. Come um, on. I absolutely love the England cricket team. Oh. Um, you don't want, to be, don't want to support Ben Stokes? No, you I don't You don't want to support Jofra Archer? <coughs> He's ours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, OK, I'll give, you, I'll give you some goals for Jofra Archer. I'll give you um, five goals. I'll give you five goals okay. for your answer. James Brown. OK, uh, this may come as a surprise, but the team that I could not bring myself, I don't, couldn't really see myself supporting... Uh, Manchester City, mm. not as you would have expected Manchester United, although that's that's obvious. The, the reason being is, and this this was a, like a very real possibility. This summer, Leeds were heavily linked with uh, being acquired by the owners of PSG, mm -hmm. uh, and you know some of the richest people in the world. And I genuinely didn't want that to happen. I, and and I, and I think that if you support Manchester City, where you just have all of this money given to you, the endless money, as much money as you want, yeah. as you can have. You just eradicates everything that is good about football. Winning is only great if you also have long periods when you don't win. That is the very nature of football, that if you just have as much as you need to be great all the time, and get all the best players. Like when they buy Messi mm -hmm. next year, that always happens when I say Messi, see? <laughs> and uh, uh, he, he just texts me if I mention him, Messi, yeah, the Messi. And uh, when, they, when they buy Messi next year, it will be one step further from that great period they had when they were renowned for their fans, supporting them, sticking with them en masse, and they were considered the true club of Manchester when they're at the third level of English football. So I genuinely think that having too much money, endless money, robs you of the right to call yourself a football club. Excellent, excellent answer, James. I loved every single... I was going to give you 10 goals out of it, and then I'm going to take one goal off for each time your phone went off, <laughs> which was four times, so it's six goals. You're going to regret just, that when just, I hold my phone up and you're going to see the name Lionel, brackets, <laughs> brackets four. Is the Richie, the, then it's the, Richie uh, following it. Like. The unprofessional tax. There we are. So we'll come to you last, Natalie. Which team would you least like to support and why? 
slightly controversial, and Andrew, do forgive me, because right now it's Manchester United. <laughs> oh, and you're representing yeah. Manchester United yeah. today. Okay. It's, uh, it's only because I didn't know yeah. that I was going to be backing great. Manchester United. This is great United. to know. <laughs> it's good to know, isn't it? But it's only based oh, on right now, and excited. if you're an older United fan, because obviously Manchester United were the team that used to win everything. They were the perennial title winners. They dominated English football. People feared going to Manchester United or playing them. But that fear is gone, Andrew. The theatre of dreams is more of a nightmare now. Uh, and imagine supporting a team that for so long has enjoyed success upon success, and now your biggest rivals, whether it be your city rivals or that lot down the M62, are having more success than you are right now. I don't really know how you get over that despair, and I don't know how you um, yeah, get over having been the team that used to win everything to now being overtaken by uh, okay. everyone else. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> How many trophies have we won in the last four years? Yeah, but you haven't won, won the title. Teams but you haven't won the title. Yeah. 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 But your bread, but your bread and butter, like... your bread and butter is the league, and you haven't won that for six years. No, our bread, our oh. bread and butter. We're not eating sandwiches. Like this is. This, we've won the Europa Cup, the FA Cup. Okay, we all know what you've won. Fun. The team is Im imploding. Yeah, it's an absolute over. disaster. Natalie, As I say, least, United. Yeah, <laughs> United. But you stuck to the question. The question was, you, and you were very honest about it. Some would say foolishly honest <laughs> about it. I completely you could have just agree. said Legion. I completely agree. And in hindsight, I should have thought of a different team. So but... I'm going to give you a very down the middle five goals. There we are. Which means at the end of that round, the scores are Manchester United 48, Leeds United 45. They've closed the gap. Next up, there's still everything to play for as we go into the round we call injury time here on Glory Hunters on Talk Sports. When was the last time you played football, Andrew? The last time I played a game of football? Oh, about six weeks ago. Oh, do you, what, do you, do you play 11 no, side? No, I play Gaelic football, Irish football. All right, I don't play any of this <laughs> weird sports. And, and what's the difference between Gaelic football? Uh, Gaelic football and Irish football. Gaelic football is played by men who are unpaid and amateurish. And last week we had the Irish Gaelic football final replay between Kerry and Dublin, which Dublin won and in front of 80,000 people. And it was absolutely insanely wonderful, great bit of sport that I watched uh, the two finals it's it's the best summertime in Ireland because you've got hurling and football yeah, it's the sort of mashup of rugby and football isn't it yeah 15 against 15 basically rugby goal post but with a net you kick the ball over the bar you get a point you score a goal you get three points 15 against 15 it's 70 35 minutes a half you're allowed elbow you're allowed um, tackle not physically like rugby players but you're, you're allowed physical contact it's so skillful and these are the fittest men yeah. And you, you compare them to when a footballer touches you. I know when a footballer touches you in a game of soccer or whatever, is you're looking for an advantage, i.e. free kick. But in Gaelic, it can actually go against you if you go down because the referee just goes, play on, man. Because you're allowed shoulder, you're allowed kind of come in at them. So you, you can't and you can't fake. If an injury is real injury in, in Gaelic football, so I highly recommend you to, to Google it. Oh, I must say it. it has got a lot of coverage in the UK the last few years on Sky. They've had Sky Gaelic games. They've shown a lot of the championship. I've watched a lot of it on, on TV. So it is getting to a new audience. And hopefully over the next few years it will grow. It's just here. incredible though that it is an amateur sport. Amateur and sport, as you say, yeah. they're filling Croke Park. 80,000. 80, yeah. And they're like the, one of the players for Kerry. He's an engineer and he had to get annual leave to play in the final. Did he really? He had to get annual leave to play in the did final. Did not get paid anything for the match. 
they get travel allowance and they get some they get sponsorship money, but they're not allowed to receive a salary. So they might they'll get like their hotels paid for it. They'll get an allowance of travel for training. And it's all the money go that you pay to watch the it game. It goes back into the community. So where the Gaelic Athletic Association reinvested in the local communities and parishes. Okay, so that's why that. every small village in Ireland you will always be a Gaelic football ground okay. with proper facilities. That's that's a brilliant have you been, idea. Have you been to a, have you been I to have, a game? I have been to a few games. Who have you been to see? Uh, well, I, I did go to a final actually at Croke Park, and I forget it was Dublin who who won. Dublin yeah, they won five win. in a row. Yes, at the moment, yeah. um, but I have also been up uh, at uh, St Chinex Park in Clonus, oh where a Monaghan. Uh, I think they play Cavan. No, Tyrone. I want to say it could have been Tyrone. Yeah. Yes, it's great fun actually. Although I do spend most of the time going, what is going on? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, that's a punch, Natalie. That's just a punch. <laughs> that's just and then don't there. get me started on hurling. He's, that's even oh hurling. Do you know hurling is banned in the north of England? So when I lived in Manchester, I joined an Irish club, and there I was like, oh, where's the hurling? They're like, oh, you can't, you can't play it. I goes, why not? Because if you don't have the skill set by the age of 12, 13, it's too dangerous. That's the it's one crazy. with the stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. Is crazy. And it's literally, it's basically chuck a ball in. And you can do whatever you want with and the you, stick. With that one, you have to run along bouncing it on the stick. Yeah, is every three steps works? you have to either bounce it on the stick, you hand pass it or pass it with a stick. It is so, I'm not going to say violent because it's not. It's the, one of the fastest ball games on grass. It is so skillful. It is mesmerizing, so high scoring. So, but also it is, there are absolute warriors. James, you ever been to any of these? Yeah, I'm massive on hurling and the all Irish footballs. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm playing them most weekends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just back from County Cork, County all the bruises. Oh, and yeah, everything. Yeah, no, that's what that is. I yeah, wonder what that I mean, was. But, you know, I didn't want to butt in there. He was explaining. <laughs> I mean, if you play it, you don't really talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first rule of Gaelic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those that watch talk about it. Those that play just, you know. Do you want to see my scars? Five aside's your game, isn't it? Cause you wrote, you wrote, literally wrote a book above head height about five aside football. Yeah, that did well. The number one At least 10,000 other people who bought that are playing five a side. It was, uh, yeah, I still play a lot every week. What's your who's your team? Who's my team? Yeah, that you play Oh, for? no, I just, it's just pick friends and you pick. Okay. But in actual fact, it's, it, uh, the book was about anything below 10, really, because if you're in the power leagues and, and the goals and yeah. whatever, obviously then it is five and it's fixed. But for the thousands and thousands of people that are playing just amongst themselves, you know, it could be six a side, seven a side. So my Friday game is about an eight or a nine. Tuesday is a seven or eight. I love it. In the book, you mentioned some of the famous faces you've you've played against. Who have you played against? In the, uh, the best one was Woody Harrelson, because he uh, came back from holiday, and my mate said, uh, "You never guess who's been playing my show away." And I went, "Who?" And he goes, "Woody Harrelson." I went, "Oh, right, okay." So I went back, and uh, he was there. He was there, and he was. We were on the same team. It was about eight aside in this big indoor, uh, double basketball-sized court in uh, behind Euston Station. And I had the game of my life. I scored nine goals out of the first 10 shots. And these weren't tap-ins. After the first one went in, Woody came over and gave me a big hug. And after the second one went in, he came and gave me another big hug. After the third one went in, I thought I was a shoo-in for the next series of True Detective. <laughs> All of this time, I was just desperately trying to set him up. And for an American actor, he was a pretty good player. I don't know if he'd played as a kid or whatever, but he was a good player. I mean, that's the thing, when I was growing up in Leeds, there were no Hollywood superstars walking around, but you play games and you know you often see people and you know other you know well-known people on the pitches in London. And there was uh, quite—I didn't know whether to put that stuff in because he's not very every man. No. But when I was asking on Twitter for people to send me their own anecdotes about playing football, it was just a recurring theme of real excitement where an ex-player showed up in some sort of charity-orientated match or a works-related yeah. match or famous person just weirdly showing up it was uh, 
so a popular thing. Nathan? I thought you were going to say David Batty was a f- most famous person. He turned up. <laughs> turned up. No, Bash don't, he, he don't play football. I think as soon as he stopped, that was it. That's it. A lot of he's pros done. He's done. A lot of pros. You love talking about the game. You've got a podcast coming out, haven't you, Nathan? Yeah. A new football it's, podcast? Yeah, it's called So You Think You Know Football, where I, I just get my comedy mates and we just have a, have a chat about football, have a few quizzes here and there and see how much they really know. Sounds a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> a quiz and a chat about football. That will never go, mate. It'll never run. It's a terrible idea. And Andrew, you've got a big show coming up in Cork. Am I yeah, right? Yeah, I'm uh, in Cork on the 19th of October at the Everyman Palace. I'm doing my show, which is called Is Everything All Right at Home? So 19th of October, Saturday in Cork. Please do come along. Go on to my Instagram at Andrew Ryan Comedy. Fantastic. Now we're in the dying moments of the game of Glory Hunters and we move into injury time where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. Remember, you're up against the clock, so speed is of the essence. The losing side goes first, which is currently Leeds United on 45 goals. I need you to tell me which of the following are genuine names of football team mascots by answering true or false? Do you understand okay. the question? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Genuine names of football team mascots by answering true or false. Are we ready? Here we go. Captain Blade. Okay, false. It's true. Sheffield, Sheffield United. United. Bo Brummy. False. It's true. Birmingham Football Club. Ronnie Omelets. False. It's false. Big Lupus. False. Chester Football Club. True. What? It's a disease. Wednesday. No, false. It is false. Elvis J. Eel. Oh, gosh. True. It's true. Southend United. Nuts the squirrel. <laughs> false. It's true. Kilmarnock. Agnes the stripper. <laughs> true. It's false. false. Pilgrim false. Pete. Who? True. Pilgrim Pete is true. Plymouth Argyle. Posh Emily. False. It is false. Rami and Yui. Oh, true. It's true. Derby County. Revolting Allen. <laughs> false. It is false. Terry Bites. Oh, false. It's true. Fulham. Samson and Delilah. Oh, gosh. True. It's true. Sunderland. The Carpet Bagger. False. It is false. Oh, and that is it. And we got us up to how many points? Nine goals, which takes you to 54. Next up is Manchester United, Natalie and Andrew. You need six to draw, seven to win. And I want you to tell me whether these post-playing careers are true or false? Do you understand the question? Yes. We do. Very good. Your time starts now. Stuart Ripley, solicitor. True. 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 Ken Moncow, pancake chef. Oh, yeah, I say true. True. Yeah. Mickey Quinn, Pilates instructor. False. It is false. <laughs> David Platt, interior designer. False. It is false. <laughs> David Hillier, firefighter. True. True. It's true. Philippe Albert runs a fruit and veg business. False. It's true. Dean Windass, live coach. True. It's false. Marco Gabbiadini runs a guest house in York. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's true. Arjun Desu became a police detective in Holland. True. true. It is true. Nicky Butt went to work in ceramics. False. It is false. <laughs> Nigel Spink runs a courier firm. True. It's true. Darren Huckabee is a landscape artist. False. It's false. Gavin Peacock became a pastor. True. True. George Weir became president of Liberia. True. True. <laughs> Dennis Irwin, social media influencer. False. False. And that is the end of that round. And you scored 13 points, oh. which means Manchester United have 61 and Leeds United lose on 54. We took the foot off the gas there because you know what? To be fair, a lot of those answers were like 
Oh, here we go again. A really, really well known. Oh, here we go. Nicky oh, Bott, obviously, is in ceramics. He worked yeah. at Man United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. George, yeah. there we are. Would you like to give us a bland and empty post-match reaction, James? Well, we've been the second best team in this tournament and there's no higher praise than that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, to our winners, we say... And for the losers... No! No, 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 no! No! No, 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 no! My thanks to Natalie, Nathan, Andrew and James. Join us again at 9.30 next Sunday on Talk Sport. And be sure to download the Glory Hunters podcast available from your favourite podcast provider. It regularly features extra material purely for podcast listeners. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, it's goodbye. There it was. Bad luck, Leeds United. Nathan, are you disappointed? Yeah, but as a Britain fan, I'm kind of used to it. So. All right. <laughs> James, still, still angry, just silent, seething? <sighs> I mean, did, did they pick their own questions <laughs> before the show? Uh, James, you seem to have a bit of a problem with the true or false questions today. What, what, was, what was your pro problem with Which those? Which round was that? The, the true or false, round, the last round with the, the, with the, players, the, the players and their jobs. Do you mean when you asked them about really, really famous people who are often in the media talking about <laughs> their new jobs and you asked us about really obscure mascots? Hold on mm. a second. You were asked a question about somebody was called, is a stripper a mascot? And you said yes. Yeah, that's because Portsmouth are actually known as the strippers. I you didn't I know that, did you? Because it doesn't, it doesn't involve doesn't. Irishmen beating the shit out of each other with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I'm just talking about golf. This doesn't sound true. I don't think James listened to my life lesson of losing the dick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank goodness you're here, Natalie, to look after there will us be all. Lord on these black curtains. <laughs> well, I hope you join us again next week on the Glory Hunters podcast. Rate and review and subscribe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.